Today I have a message of hope for you. I know many of you, as you look through the news, you see despair, you see difficulty, you see challenges. But as I've said throughout this series, God has hope for us. He is the hope of the world, and we are the light of the world when we allow God to shine through us. So today, we're going to look again at how we can discover hope. Now, as I was preparing this message, I began to look online for good news stories, and I found a couple, and I want to share them with you. First, in Michigan, there's a man who decided he wanted to be generous to some nurses. So he went to a gas station. He held up a sign that said, free gas for nurses. In fact, he was able to bless 60 nurses on their way to work so they could have gas and continue to provide services to people in their community. I also heard about a family in England They decided that they wanted to spread cheer to everyone in their neighborhood, so they deputized their kids to take chalk and to cover every single brick on the front of their house with chalk. Now imagine for a moment how busy you could keep your kids by doing that at your home. Another man, actually in England as well, he decided that he was going to run a marathon, a half marathon, a couple weeks ago. Well, once everything shut down and he was quarantined at home, he decided, I'm still going to go ahead and run that half marathon. And so he went out on his balcony and he began to run back and forth and back and forth. The thing about it is, is that his balcony is seven feet long. So he had to do 5,000 laps on his balcony just so that he could finish the half marathon and provide money to charity. And finally, I heard a story all across the world, Spain, uh, France, Uh, Canada, here in the United States, in New York, in Atlanta, there's this new thing where as people are coming off their shifts, these healthcare workers, as they come off their shifts, what people are doing right at shift change, they are going out on their balconies, they're clapping, they're cheering, they're banging pots because they want to encourage those health workers to keep going. In fact, I invite you to, to, to go on my social media. I've actually put that story there. And I want you to tag somebody that you know who's on the front lines that just needs to be encouraged. I want to say to you, God wants us to discover hope in this moment, to not lose hope, because hope is the thing that keeps, keeps us going. I was looking at a verse in Proverbs, Proverbs 17, 22, and listen to what it says. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. We, in this moment, there's a lot we can't control, but we can control whether we have a cheerful heart. And so today, I've titled my message, Hope at Midnight. Hope at Midnight. I don't know about you, but there have been moments in life when I've been in a midnight moment. I've been worried or concerned. I've had insomnia. I've stayed up almost all night, and I worry and I pace But I've discovered that in those moments, God wants to give us peace. He wants to give us hope. He wants to give us reassurance. And today we're going to look at the story of the nation of Israel in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus. We're going to pick up the story where we hear about the nation of Israel. They had been under the rule of Pharaohs for 430 years. They had been slaves. They had been put to work and they did not have any hope. But finally, God had reached the breaking point and he said, I want to set them free. So he sent Moses back to the Egyptians to tell the Pharaoh, hey, I need you to let my people go. But the Pharaoh was unwilling. So what did God do? He sent plagues, one plague and then two and then three. And still the Pharaoh would not relent. Six and seven and eight, the Pharaoh would not relent. And finally, it took the 10th plague to get the Pharaoh to let his people go. 
But I wanna look at the story very specifically because I think there's some insights that we can glean from that story about how we, as the body of Christ, need to function in this moment so that we can have hope. So I wanna invite you to join me in Exodus chapter 12. We're gonna look at a couple verses today. Open up your Bible, open up your Bible app, open up your Westover app. Let's look at the word of God together. Verse 12 says this. On that same night, this is God speaking, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals. And I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. God is saying, I am the Lord. Now, if we go back one chapter to Exodus chapter 11, we discover that God was gonna pass by at midnight. I wanna reassure you today that God is present in midnight moments. And there's often a hidden miracle right in the middle of midnight. For you see, midnight is just one minute. 12 o'clock in the middle of the night is just one minute. 12.01 is a brand new day. And I want to reassure you that God has a new day. He's bringing a new day. A new day is coming. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be next month. But a new day is coming. God wants us to hold fast to him and to know that he is God. Verse 13 says this, this was the instruction that God gave them. The blood will be assigned for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. Some of us, we need to tuck that word of God in our heart that no destructive plague will strike our home. Verse 21, then Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, go at once and slaughter the Passover lamb. Now, interestingly enough, today, this week, is the week of Passover. It happens to line up with Easter, with Resurrection Sunday. But what's striking about this is that the nation of Israel, they have been celebrating Passover, remembering God's faithfulness to take them out of Egypt. But I want to remind you that the Bible tells us that God, that Jesus, he is the Lamb of God that was slain for the forgiveness of sins. And so today... We're not only remembering what God did back then for the, for the Israelites to get them out of Egypt, but we're also remembering what God did on the cross to set us free and to give us hope and to give us life through his son Jesus, who is the Lamb of God. I want to encourage you to hold fast to that. Some of you, like I said, are in a midnight moment and you're wondering what's going to happen. Why am I so worried? I want to encourage you to put your trust in God. This is the promise from the word of God in Psalm 30 verse 5 it says weeping may endure for a night but I love this but joy joy comes in the morning joy is coming to us and I want to suggest to you that we can have joy even in the middle of this moment it's irrespective of our circumstance irrespective of our situation we can allow the joy of the Lord to be our strength so today I want to share with you two ways to discover hope at midnight two ways we can discover hope at midnight number one acknowledge him as Lord. Acknowledge him as Lord. Verse 12 says this, on that same night, I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt because I am the Lord. Now, if any of you know anything about Egyptian history, you'll know that they had about eight major gods and over 2,000 smaller gods. And these were the gods that the people of Egypt put their trust in. Gods for music and money and harvest and and for springtime and for fall time and for the sun and the moon and for prosperity and fertility. They had gods for absolutely everything. 
But what the Egyptians discovered was in that moment, that moment where they were facing plagues, they were calling out to all of their gods and their gods were silent because their gods weren't real. Their gods weren't supporting them. But the Egyptians knew there was something different about the Israelites, but they were still a little skeptical. They said, oh, I know you have a God, but we're, we're gonna stick with our gods. Here's my question for you today. In the middle of all of this difficulty, in the middle of all of these challenges, what are you putting your hope in? Is it the gods of the world? Is it the gods of culture? Is it the gods of your bank account or maybe the size of your house or your retirement fund or in the government? What are you putting your trust in? I wanna encourage you today to put your trust in Jesus. Be willing to acknowledge him as the Lord of your life. You'll discover that if you do, he is still alive, he is still reigning, he still has the power to make things happen and to bring healing and hope to your life. In fact, in Deuteronomy 6, 4, it says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Let me make it a little more personal. Hear, O Westover, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. If we go to the New Testament, we'll discover in Acts 4, chapter 12, it says this, There is no salvation, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. What this verse is telling us is that Jesus is the only one that has the ability to save us. He is the only one that can rescue us from this moment. If you listen to the news reports, what you'll discover is that we don't have a vaccine. We really don't have any medication. We don't have any way to treat this disease. But God, God is the one that can save us. Our hope isn't in medicine. Yes, we go to doctors for help, but our hope is in Jesus Christ. In fact, it reminds me of a song that I learned when I was a little kid and I wanna share, I wanna read the lines of this song to you. It says this, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. What this... What this song is telling us is that God is the rock of our life. He is the only one that can support us in this time. He is the only one that can uplift us. It is because of his name and because of his blood that we will be able to get through this. Our hope is not in Wall Street. It's not in Main Street. It's not in Front Street. It's not in Back Street. It's in Jesus Christ. It's only always Jesus. It's always only Jesus. He is the only one that can help us through this time. As you know, we're right on the edge of Easter. It's coming up this weekend, Resurrection Sunday. Many of us throughout the past couple of years, we've made it about different things. We've made it about an Easter egg hunt. We've made it about our Easter outfit. We've made it about barbecue or Easter photos or even those little terrible tasting snacks called peeps. Here's what I wanna tell you. Anything that tastes like flavored rubber and expires 15 years from now, I don't think we should be putting that in our bodies. It's always only ever Jesus. He's the reason why we celebrate this season. He's the reason why we celebrate the resurrection. It's always only Jesus and he wants us to acknowledge him as Lord. The second way to discover hope at midnight is to believe in the blood of Jesus. We need to have him as Lord, but we need to believe in the blood of Jesus. Verse 22 says this, take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood in the basin and put some of the blood on the top and on both of the sides of the doorframe. 
None of you shall go out of the door of your house until morning. When the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the top and sides of the doorframe and will pass over that doorway and he will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses and strike you down. We need to believe in the blood of Jesus Christ. And so today, if you want to be protected, if you want to be protected by the blood of Jesus, number one, I want to invite you to declare your faith in Jesus publicly. This is what the Israelites did. By putting blood over the doorpost and the door, door frame of their home, what they were declaring to everyone around them was that they were different and that they believed something different. The same is true for us. We must be willing to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We need to be willing to put, as it were, blood on the doorposts and the door frames of our house to say, we are going to be different in this time. We're going to be believers. Some of us, we actually need to publicly declare our faith. Here's my question. When people look at your life, do they see Jesus? Do they really, really know that you believe in Jesus Christ? I want to encourage you to be bold in your faith. You know, God is not ashamed of us. In fact, he's very proud of us. Listen to what Isaiah 49, 16, it says this. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Another version puts it this way. See, I have written your name on the palms of my hands. When Jesus went to the cross to die, he took wounds in his hands. And those wounds are still present in heaven to show us that he put his name on our hands when he went to the cross. He was remembering me. He's not ashamed of you. In fact, he's representing you. He's repping you and he's repping you hard in front of God the Father saying, this is, this is my son and daughter in whom I'm well pleased. They are permitted to enter into heaven. But some of us, we're a little ashamed. We've been quiet in this season. I want to encourage you to rise up. Let the boldness of God rise up in your life and publicly declare that you believe in Jesus. Look what Luke 9, 26 says. It says this, if anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the son of man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in glory and in the glory of the father and the holy angels. What this verse is telling us is that if we're not ashamed of Jesus, he's not ashamed of us. But if we are ashamed of Jesus, he's going to be ashamed of us in front of the Father. We need to shout loud and proud that we believe in Jesus. Some of you, you need to go to your social media and you need to type today, I believe in Jesus. And that's it. You need to put that out so other people can see it. Now, many of you, as is very popular right now, you actually make your relationships official online. You make it Facebook official. Well, I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you to make your faith Facebook official. Go online and share. Use the platform that God has given you in your circle of influence to declare the faithfulness of God. Be willing to invite people to share their prayer requests and then pray for them. Be willing to share a verse. Be willing to share an inspirational quote. Be willing to share something that's going to uplift them and encourage them. Be willing to use the platform to publicly declare that Jesus is Lord. The other thing that the blood does is it represents our willingness to be under the covering of God. The second way that we can be protected in this time is to stay inside. To stay inside. Yes, that's a practical consideration. This is what the verse says. It says, when God passes by, when the plague passes by, stay in the home. Many of us, we need to comply with the requirements and the request of our government to stay inside and to participate in social distancing. 
But I also think that there's a spiritual lesson in this. We need to be willing to stay under the cover of God. We must be willing to stay under the blood of God. We must be willing to stay in the will of God. And if we are willing to do that, this is what verse 23 says. He will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses and to strike you down. Some of us, we need to stay undercover with God. We need to stay connected to him. We need to plead the blood of Jesus over our life and over our family. As I close, I want to share a verse with you that's been on my heart as I was preparing this message. And it's in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 53, verse 5. It says this, speaking of Jesus, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Thousands of years ago, uh, Israelites in Egypt celebrated Passover by sacrificing lambs. But 2,000 years ago, Jesus went to a cross as the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. And today we celebrate that. This Passover season, we celebrate that. This Easter Resurrection Sunday season, we celebrate that. Some of you may be asking, Pastor, I don't understand what that love is all about. Well, Jesus came to die so that we could live. He came to pay for our sin and our shame and our illnesses and our worry and our concerns and our fears. He came to pay for all of that. For you see, on a Friday, he died as a lamb so that on a Sunday, he could rise as a lion. He died as a criminal so he could rise as a king. He died as a sinner so that he could rise and be my savior. And today I want to extend that moment to you. I want to give you a moment to have a moment with the Lord. I want you to know that there's power in the blood of Jesus. There's power in the blood of Jesus, not only to provide physical healing for you, but also to provide redemption of sin, to ensure that you have an eternal life with him. And so today we're going to give you that opportunity. First, I want to say we're going to pray in just a moment for those of you who need healing in your body. Maybe there's somebody in your family that needs healing. Here's what I'd love for you to do. I'd love for you to go to your pantry, grab some oil, some olive oil, some cooking oil. And as they're worshiping in just a moment, I'd love for you to anoint their head with oil and then pray for them and pray that the healing, working power of the blood of Jesus Christ would flow over them and provide healing and restoration. But that's not the best part. The blood of Jesus pro provided the forgiveness of sins. And I wanna extend that moment to you today. There's some of you who are listening today and honestly, you know about God, but you don't know him personally. Well, he wants to know you today. And so making a decision to follow Jesus, whether it's for the first time or just a recommitment to God, it's very simple. It's as easy as ABC. A, we acknowledge that we're a sinner and that we need a savior. B, we believe in our heart that the sacrifice Jesus made on the, Christ, on the cross was sufficient to pay for our sins. And C, we confess with our mouth from our heart that we need Jesus. And so I wanna lead you in a prayer. And it's not about the words that I say, it's really about your heart and about you communicating your heart to the Lord. So I want you to say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I need you to be my savior. I believe that you died for me 
to pay for my sins, to provide healing in my mind and in my heart, to provide healing in my body, to give me eternal life. And now I confess to you that I want you to be the Lord of my life, to be the savior of my life today, tomorrow, and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made that decision today, if you said that prayer, what I'd love for you to do is go to the comments and type the word Jesus. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to celebrate this new making you moment that you've made in your life today. We wanna celebrate with you. And now, as the worship team comes forward, if you have somebody in your family that needs healing, go anoint them now. If they're in quarantine and you can't reach them, then put oil on the doorpost of the room that they're in and pray through the door that God would provide healing to them. God, we pray right now for those who are sick. God, you came to give your life, not only to save us and provide eternal life, but also to afford to us healing, God. And I pray, Lord, that right now, that your Holy Spirit would invade every body, every home, and that you would bring about healing. We believe in you, God. We trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.